What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Yes, yes, yes. You don't have to remind me. I know I'm late. <clears throat> I know it took me forever to get a show out. But instead of talking how, about how lazy I've got into it, but before we do that, please follow me, DB Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at DB Dangerous. Also, follow this very podcast you're listening to on Spotify or wherever podcasts are available. Also, if you haven't done so already, please follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, because I do post my episodes on there so I can keep my page alive over there. So let's just get right into it. So, the Denver Nuggets defeat Miami four games to one and take the NBA championship. So, Jokic is the first NBA player to lead the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. And Miami... From start to finish, could not find an answer for him because this man put up triple doubles every single night like it was routine, like averaging a triple double alone in itself is hard enough, but to be able to consistently do that game after game after game is nothing short of incredible. And just knowing that he got his first ring and Chris Paul doesn't have one, but he has nothing but his State Farm commissions to look forward to and hold on to. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I'm not going to lie to you, but we got to give credit where it's due. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets and their organization. And they've come a long ass way from that 11, that 11 win Denver Nuggets team in the 96-97 season. Now, if you're a real win NBA fan, you will know how infamous that team was for losing the way that they did. So to come from the ashes of that, so winning the NBA championship, like that has to feel good for their organization, knowing how much they've been through and how long they've been in the NBA. But I'm happy that Joe got a ring. I'm happy that Aaron Gordon has a ring. Jamal Murray is the best backup player in the NBA right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that team showed all types of fight, fortitude, and toughness. And they were the best team in the NBA this season alone. So, you know what I'm saying? Congratulations to them. And now it's going to be, uh, okay, the NBA season is over. Now what do we do? And the answer is easy. Wait for the NFL season. But also, remember... That there is WNBA games on right now. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to get right into that as well. So last night, we had the Washington Mystics defeat, I'm sorry, Washington Mystics and the Indiana Fever. The Fever beat the Mystics 87 to 66. Miss Deladon had 16 point, had 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3 blocks. Then you got Aaliyah Boston on the fever. She had a 23.14 rebound and six assist night. Then we had the ATL Dream play the New York Liberty. And the Dream won 87 to 79. We had Miss Cheyenne Parker with six points, 11 rebounds, three, three assists, and three blocks. Then we had one of the leading MVP. MVP leaders, Miss Brianna Stewart, she had a 16.13 rebound, six assists. Let's, let's see. How the hell did I write this? 
six assists and one steal and four blocks tonight. And Miss Stewart has been having nothing. Her, her year has been nothing short of incredible this year, and the season just fucking started. And now her and Asia Wilson are the leading vote getters in MVP voting. It's a little early in the season to see who's going to be the MVP or not, but just wait till the season fleshes out a little bit more to see who's really going to be the MVP because anything can happen in sports. Then we had the Seattle Storm playing the Phoenix Mercury. And the, and the Seattle Storm won 83-69. Miss Jordan Hurston had 13, 14, and 1 assist. Then you had Sophia Cunningham, 21 points. Four rebounds and one one assist and one steal. And also, I wanted to touch on this really quick. So, Brittany Griner had been arrested for an incident that happened in the airport. And I really don't know exactly what happened, but I'm just going to assume that some idiot has something to say about her playing in the USA team or anything related to what, she, what the hell she had been through. Now, Brittany has always had a history of having a little bit of a temper on her. I'm not going to lie to you. And people that keep pushing and pushing and pushing her, they're going to get what they got coming to them. I don't know if she was arrested on any charges or any assault charges or anything like that, but I just know that she was arrested. And I just hope that Brittany gets back on the court and does what she does because, like I said, she's been through enough. Why would you keep pressing buttons that you know you shouldn't push? Like, the internet has made people a little bit too comfortable with saying all types of out-of-pocket shit and not getting their asses knocked the hell out for it. So, I just hope that Brittany gets past this and gets back on the court and does what she does best. Let's see, what else can we talk about? Oh, 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 oh. Shannon Sharp is leaving Undisputed. His contract is bought out, so he's going to be moving on to other things and just resting. But honestly, after all the shit that him and Skip has been have been through the last year or so, the writing was on the wall. It really was because Skip Bayless has come out of all types of bags when it comes to fucking Tom Brady. Like, he'll defend Tom Brady to the death. Even if that means disrespecting his very co-host that he's supposed to be, that he's supposed to consider also a friend. And I think that that hurts Shannon more than anything. It's like, you really about to defend Tom Brady, but then disrespect him in the same breath? Like, this man has a Hall of Fame career. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. Him and his brother Sterling. Both of those guys were dogs. Like, if y'all haven't seen them play or haven't didn't watch them play in their prime, go on YouTube and check that out. I recommend it highly. But just knowing that Shannon was probably over all of Skip's bullshit takes... And doesn't like being disrespected himself while knowing what type of caliber player that he was at his time. He's like, you know what? You can have this. You can absolutely have this. And Undisputed, their ratings might drop a little bit. Because people people will tolerate Skip Bayless to an extent. Like, they'll let him talk all his shit or whatever, whatever. But then you're going to need that other side that keeps you watching. Like, him and Shannon were absolute magic together. But after a while, when things clash more often than not, it's like, okay, you know what? Get me the hell out of here. Because I'm sure that he needed to get away from all this shit for his own sanity. And if you have to take a break from something because it's too much on you mentally, emotionally, or anything like that, I absolutely support it. Because you are your first line of defense. Because I'm, because sh- one thing that I'm sure Shannon didn't do when he signed on the dotted line to be on Undisputed was draw his damn line in the sand. 
Like, granted, there are, there is no holds bars in sports talk, as people would say. But anyway, there comes a time where common sense has to come into somewhere, and you have to respect the person that you're talking sports with. You can't come at them, well, you can't come at them any type of way if they're a professional athlete and they've won Super Bowls, they've won championships, and they've been in the sports world for X amount of years. One thing you can't do is discredit them. I might not like Lahee James with anything that I have. Never been a fan, never will be. But one thing I will not do is discredit what that man has done on the court. Okay? People can argue that as well, but still. I have never once discredited his ta- discredited his talent. I've never once discredited his impact or anything else on the NBA court. But Skip needs to get over himself because, yes, we know that Tom Brady is one of the greatest players to ever play the NFL game. But the guy that you sit across from every day and talk sports with, you laugh with, you kiki with, like, you cannot discredit him and disrespect him in the same breath while defending one of your favorite players because that's disrespectful to him. But, hey, Undisputed will go on with Skip. I don't know who's going to take Shannon's place, but I pray, I pray that it's someone with very thick skin and who will be able to buck Shannon's, and who will be able to buck whatever Skip thinks, says, or whatever the hell he does. Like, it has to be a really good balance between two people who are talking sports on the air every single day. So it's a little sad to see Shannon leave, but it's like, okay, Skip. You're on your own. And I'm sure people have some sort of satisfaction that Shannon is leaving. But, yeah. Also, some wrestling news. Bianca Belair and Jay Cargill both lost their belts on the same damn weekend. Jay Cargill was 60-0 and held the belt for over 508 days, while Bianca held the belt for 420 days. Now, that is nothing short of ironic. As to how they lost their belts on the same weekend. I would have understood if they would have um, had Bianca lose her belt one weekend. And then have Jade lose her belt the next weekend. But to have them lose on the same weekend? Like, seriously? Like, that shit is... I'm not going to say it's stupid, but it's just highly ironic. How you had two black women champions. And you had them lose at the same damn time. To me, that brought the value of both belts up because people can say Jay Cargill is this and that. And obviously, she still has a lot more to do, a lot more work to do in the ring. But you can't deny that her Goldberg-esque run was nothing short of incredible. And Bianca, people were ready to see her lose the belt. But still, we watched Super Cena for X amount of years and no one had any complaints. I didn't mind seeing Bianca hold the belt for as long as she did. Because it showed little black girls everywhere that if you work your ass off, it is possible to get to the top of your field. And now there's talk of Bianca turning heel. And I kind of see signs of it in her character. And to me, seeing a heel Bianca would be interesting. Because she was actually a heel when she was in NXT. And a lot of people don't remember that because of this monster face turn she had. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But... Now that she is at the spot that she is, she's in right now, it's going to be interesting to see how the fans are going to react to her turning heel. Granted, there are going to be some hurt. There are going to be some hurt little girls out there. I know. 
I know it's going to hurt hurt to see your hero taken away from you. But there comes a time in every wrestler's career where you're going to have to make a decision whether you want to develop your character or stay the same. Hulk Hogan had to make the same decision. And he made that turn and it was awesome. Absolutely justified, but awesome. And it'll be interesting to see how Jay Cargill would actually be as a face. Because she's an awesome heel. We all know this. But to see her as a face, I don't think people want to boo Jay Cargill. That's just my personal opinion. There might be a lot of people who dislike her because she didn't pay her dues and all this other shit. And there are just wrestling extremists who think that she doesn't, didn't deserve to hold, the, hold that AEW belt for as long as she did. But honestly, there will come a time where people will embrace her. Like, fully embrace her. You know what I'm saying? The criticism is always going to be there. But I would want to see how people react to her as a face and how her character would actually develop. Because you can still be that bitch, still have asshole tendencies, and still be cheered by the crowd. Trust me, it is absolutely possible. Also, I wanted to touch on something else, too. Zion Williamson. And this has absolutely nothing to do with sports. So, I don't even know this child's name, but pretty much one of his jump-offs is absolutely obsessed and sent over 53,000, let me say that again, 53,000 texts in three days. And has been going on a fucking social media rampage. Just roasting this man. For filth. Releasing text messages. Releasing pictures. Screenshots. The whole nine. Because he decided he didn't want to be with her no more. And I believe that he is his baby mama is pregnant with his first child I believe. Don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And... This girl has just been ranting and raving like hell for like the past week now. And Zion hasn't said one word to her. Literally, like, you're just pretty much talking to yourself at this point. And then just having people come on your post talking about what you should or shouldn't do. Then she's saying she wants to unalive herself. You know, like, it's just too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, NBA players should be more mindful about who they lay down with. Let alone somebody who's a mediocre porn star like this Mariah Mills girl. That's her name. That's her name. Like, be more mindful about who you lay down with. Because you don't want to end up in a situation like this. Where this girl is pretty much exposing all your private business. Like, shit that could have been handled off the damn internet. Like, you could have handled this off the internet and nobody would have known nothing about it. But you decided that you wanted to fucking expose this man for doing this and that with you and it's just like what what do you even hope to gain from this like really what do you hope to gain from all of this because once the texts are sent once the smoke settles down from all this shit what are you gonna get out of this besides besmirching this man's reputation and all you're gonna get is a little bit of clout you're gonna get a gang of views you're gonna get people talking about it but outside of that, you don't gain anything from this. This man is going on and living his life and not giving you no type of attention and not paying you no mind whatsoever. Because he has bigger things to worry about. Meanwhile, you're stuck over here talking about this man like hell, tagging him out the ass on social media, Twitter and all this shit. 
And you're not getting nothing but memories of this man. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's too much. And I don't even cover shit like this on my channel. You know what I'm saying? Because I cover sports stuff. But, yo. The least you could do is have some type of respect and love for yourself. Not to put yourself through that, let alone somebody else, because you're hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot. And then I also found out <laughs> that Steve Nash, Steve Nash's wife, had an affair with his teammates and had a baby by him. And that teammate was Jason Richardson. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this had to be some years ago because I vaguely remember Jason Richardson being on the Phoenix Suns. However, when that happened... It must have been kept super low-key because the most disrespectful thing that you could do as a wife is sleep with one of your husband's teammates. Then have a baby by him. Like, I get why Steve Nash aged the way that he did because going through that shit in the public eye, it, like, it wasn't even blown up as much as it could have been. But just going through that shit would be enough to age anybody because you dedicate your life to somebody, you have kids with somebody, and you do everything you can to make this person happy. Just for them to go around and sleep with your teammate. And Jay Rich, you don't get a pass either. You knew this woman was married to one of your teammates and you decided to go ahead and procreate with her anyway. And that's absolutely fucked up. It absolutely is because... That's a scandal that you don't need. That's a scandal that you don't need. Then that poor baby who was just born into the shit who didn't ask for none of this is going to be looked at like, well, you were the child between X, Y, and Z. Like, your mother slept slept with your father's teammate, and this is what happened. This is your father. Like, it's fucked up. The situation is just fucked up all the way around. I don't know if Steve ever talked to Jay Rich about it. I don't know if they've ever healed from it. But I know that's one wound That'll take a minute to heal. Like, it's not impossible. It's absolutely not impossible for that wound to heal. But it's going to take some time if it hasn't already. Also, speaking of old wounds, I debated on doing this and talking about this for a little minute. And I've gave this person a lot of passes. And you guys know I don't give passes very often. But... This is going to be the read of Scotty Pippen. So, Scotty has been talking all types of noise about what type of teammate Michael was, what type of person he was, and all this other shit. And I've been delicate with him. I have been. I've been delicate with him to an extent because I keep saying he lost his first child two years ago. That's something that's never going to heal, no matter how much time goes by. But in the same breath, dogging the very man that helped you develop into the NBA legend that you are is nothing short of bullshit to me. Because Michael hasn't said anything about this. And Michael hasn't said anything about this because he knows... Just like Scotty knows that even he doesn't believe half the bullshit that's coming out of his mouth right now. He gave nothing but praise to Michael in his Hall of Fame ceremony. 
he stuck with Michael through the Dream Team documentary, even The Last Dance. He didn't have anything bad to say about Michael or saying how bad of a teammate he was then. But had it not been for Michael giving tough love and being the way that he was on the Chicago Bulls, would you have developed the toughness that you did versus the Detroit Pistons years? Would you have developed into the player that you did when Michael left for 18 months? Would you have been, had half the toughness that you did, had it not been for Michael pushing you day in and day out? So while you talk about how much shit that Michael did and how bad of a teammate he was, you better mention how, how he developed, helped develop you into the player that you became. Because you still walk around with the ego of a champion, as you fucking should. And you wouldn't, like I said, he wouldn't be half the player he was had it not been for Michael's influence. But just imagine, just imagine if he would have been drafted by Seattle and didn't get traded to Chicago. What type of player would Scotty have been if he would have spent his career in Seattle? Would he have still been a great player? Absolutely. I believe that. Scotty would have been a great player. Would he have won half the championships that he won? No. Absolutely not. Like, let's see. If Scotty Pippen would have been, like I said, he was drafted by Seattle. Had he not got traded to Chicago and spent his career in Seattle, then got traded to Houston and all that stuff. He would have been the caliber of a, let's see, uh... We'll say he would have been like a Clyde Drexler type player. I'll give him Clyde. But just knowing that he wouldn't have been the player that he would have wouldn't have, would have been without Michael, and then him saying all this extracurricular bullshit about Michael is absolutely laughable. Hell, if we're going there, Scotty had a little bit a little bit of bitch tendencies when he was a player as well. Because remember, he and Michael were absolutely hell bent on breaking Tony Kukoc in half in the Dream Team because Jerry Krause absolutely adored him because he had been drafted by Chicago. So after Michael left and the Bulls were in the playoffs, in the round, I believe in the second round against the Knicks, he was mad that Tony Kukoc was chosen to take the last shot and not him. And he sat his ass out took himself out of the game on that last possession. He wasn't he wasn't hurt, he wasn't injured, nothing like that. Phil didn't put him on the bench. No, Scotty sat out because he was mad that Tony got the last shot not him. Now, what does that say about you as the leader? There would have been no way in hell. No way in hell that he would have been able to get away from that unscathed without Michael ripping his ass a new one. And he knows it. So he knew when to pull certain shit and when not to. Because Michael would not have it. Like, oh, this is what we doing? Like, you doing this shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, he knew what he could get away with when he could get away with it and when he couldn't. <sighs> like, the Bulls had enough shit going on in the 90s, like, with management issues and all this other shit, which became very public. That was very public. Can you imagine what shit would have been like had Scotty has said all this shit about Michael when the Bulls were actually winning? And I'm sure Michael actually seen him as a friend. 
I'm sure Michael, it probably still does. Michael C. Scotty as a friend would have given him anything that he wanted and then some. Because you guys were brothers. But with Scotty thinking the way that he is and giving suddenly an Isaiah Thomas-esque picture of what he thinks Michael is, like, it's stupid. You're not thinking clearly. You're not thinking logically. And you haven't dealt with the grief of your son passing away. But don't you dare sit up here and tell me that Michael was a quote-unquote bad teammate when you know damn well that you would have not been the NBA champion that you are, wouldn't have been the NBA legend that you are, and still wouldn't be the revered small forward that you are without Michael pushing you. And that's just that on that. Like, I love Scotty dearly, but it's like, keep it fucking cute. Because I, listen, like, you wore his shoes. You wore his shoes right before he came back. Like, don't play with me. Don't play with me, Scotty, because you know damn well that what you're saying is bullshit. And even you don't believe it. And I've been going off for 25 minutes about this. And I was going to talk about all of this later. But I'm like, look, I need to give me some rest. I need to calm down a little bit because doing shows constantly is draining. It is. And I don't know when I'm, I'm going to do a ne- another show. But I know it's going to be sooner than what it is, especially if more stuff comes out, more news comes out or whatever. And on that note, I'm going to get my ass out of here and probably get my ass dressed for work. To my listeners, thank you guys so very much for continuing to support me Danger- and, this, and the show Dangerous Sports Talk. I love you guys so very much. And the show could not survive without your love and your support. Please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at TheBeDangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk the Facebook page and this very podcast that you're listening to right now on Spotify and wherever podcasts are available. And I am out of here. Peace.